0: welcome you back to another episode of Between Us and Y'all. I'm Yasmin. I'm Nafis. This is another episode of Between Us and Y'all. We want to thank you all for listening. We've enjoyed your feedback and we've been having a great time so far with um, our recordings. Just going to adjust our camera. For our listeners, we are on YouTube so hopefully if anyone's listening and wants to see us, we're um, there as well. So today we are going to be talking about drugs, as it relates to religious and recreational use and social trends. But before I do that, as we usually do, I like to advertise for local business. Today we'll be advertising for a company by the name of Ewe Fresh. And Ewe stands for It Is What It Is. The owner is Yolanda Owens, and she's located in the Castleberry District here in Atlanta. And her products are also in Whole Foods as well. I'm showing, um, for my listeners that can't see, This is a body spray for the hands and the feet. I've been using it actually all over my body, but it's really, really good handmade products. And um, she's been all over TV. I know Real Housewives of Atlanta and lots of other shows have gone to her location. And I've been there plenty of times. And she's a local business that I love to support. So for all of your skincare needs, be we fresh. All right, so we're gonna jump right into our episode for today. Again, like I mentioned, we are talking about drugs and um, specifically focusing on religious and recreational use and social trends. So I'm going to start with our first question. So conversations about drugs can be a touchy subject in any family. Having open conversations about the topic can be healthy. Let's talk about drugs as it relates to religious versus recreational use. How would you define religious drug use?
1: I think... <clears throat> defining it um, more so like it, it's like you go first <laughs>
0: okay alright so for me religious drug use would be like um, some people for instance in the Rastafari um, tradition they um, they look at marijuana in a religious sense and some people in the other faiths too I know some Hindus that I know as well they smoke and they may use um, mar- marijuana in a different way for their religious prayer or something like that. And so when I think of religious um, use of a drug, it's some way to incorporate you utilizing the drug in your prayer or your worship.
1: I'll definitely say like along the same lines. Mm-hmm. Um, the only religion I know as of right now is probably Rastafari. Rastafari. That uses it? That uses it, yeah. But, like you said, about like Hindus or something like that. Just in a, you know, I think it's important. Okay. Uh, The next question is, how would you define recreational drug use?
0: So, recreational drug use is just, you know, utilizing drugs during your downtime. So, this could be at a game, just, you know, chilling with your friends. It's just personal choice to use it. Would you add anything to that definition? No. Okay. So sometimes there may be a difference of opinion within a household regarding religion and the use of drugs based on faith practice. What advice would you offer to, to a family who differs in religious practice but has a member who wants to be supported in their religious drugs?
1: Definitely. Um, I think opening up the conversation to... Well, first, always presenting the, uh, the, the conversation in a more understanding way and not saying that, you know, I'm trying to go against what's already there, but this is a way that I want to practice my religion through, you know, marijuana or whatever the drug is. And making sure that you put it in a way so they can understand and not just say this is what I'm doing. And, you know, if you're not a it, then so be it. You know, it's just more so, like, making making your family or making the people around you in that religion understand, so it's not looked upon as you just trying to be an outlaw.
0: Yeah. For some people that are listening, it may be difficult if you are in a religion that sees drugs as forbidden, for instance, you know, um, and you have someone in your family that has decided they don't want to practice the same faith as you. First of all, some people are going to see that as an attack because they're going to be like, you're an outsider now, you know, because you are not a believer. And then to have you um, doing something under my roof, you know, that I consider to be forbidden and harmful might be seen as an attack, also, you know. So I think that it's important that you have conversations, you know, about those types of things and understand that, you know, a person might not be trying to violate. And then also understanding what your rules are and understanding how you can respect that. Because you you don't have to just accept that a person has decided, you know, our whole lives we were raised this religion and now I don't believe in that anymore. And the fact that I don't believe in it means that I'm going to do some things that are seen as offensive to you. If I'm still, you know, in your space, there has to be a compromise on both ends where more people are saying, you know, I understand you've made a change and I have not, you know, but at the same time, we have to be understanding about what it is we're going to, how we're going to treat each other, basically. Right. And it allows for, you know, for you to be in a place that's respectful and not, you know, something that leads to something rough. So that's what I would say.
1: With the next question, how do you address the conversation regarding families who don't want their child associated with another young adult who is about to use drugs, recreation,
0: Yeah, so this is something I know we've experienced this, you know, when um, you were younger, I can remember you having friends that I knew their moms were cool with them drinking or smoking, you know, and stuff like that. And at the the time, you know, I didn't think it was cool. I didn't want you to be around that, you know, because I wanted you to get to a point where you had the cognitive ability to be able to make a decision based on what you know, as opposed to just doing something because everybody else is doing it. You were at a, in an in a age, you know, when you, were, you could be influenced very easily. And you know, you, you're still influenced, you know, at your age now, but you have a little bit more maturity now. So the way that I addressed it, you know, when it happened was, yeah, I did distance you. And I would say, nah, I'm not okay with, you know, you being around those particular people right now in that way. You know, when they're smoking or when they're drinking or whatever, because I don't condone that, you know, and I don't want you to think that you're missing out on something by being around people whose parents do. Then, you know, I also would try to educate you at home about what was going on so that you could be kind of developing your own way to make a choice about the thing, you know, in your mind because oftentimes we might tell somebody i don't want you doing that because the other person's doing it but we haven't explained to them what the the thing is that they're really doing right so it kind of leads a a young person to kind of just want to do it just to try it out because they're like well you know i don't really know what this is about so i'm gonna figure it out on my own and they end up hurting
1: themselves what about you what advice would you offer advice um i would definitely say um There's always, I feel like, an age where you can have those conversations, but definitely not at a young age, because it's like you're still growing up to, you know, you're still figuring out things about society, and there's a lot of stuff out there in terms of marijuana that is, you know, genetically modified, or that has been laced with something that's even more powerful than the marijuana that is supposed to be, or, you know, the different strand, so I definitely think, um, opening up those conversations to, you know, understand like, hey, this is going on, this is what's happening. So, you know, like still I'm not comfortable with you hanging out with these people, but you need to know what is going on through society. So you can, like you said, make choices for your own and, you know, be yourself, but not be influenced just so easily. Because, you know, still, you know, our ages, we can still be influenced, like you said, but now it's more, you know, with, a oh, mature maturity. a mature mind state. So
0: Okay, and speaking of influences, what social trends have had an influence on your view of drug use, either religious or recreational?
1: I would say in terms of religious probably Rastafarian. I think definitely. Um
0: What how's that a social trend? What social trend is related to Rastafarianism that did you see a video or did you see like, you know, mm-hmm. people hanging out in the neighborhood or
1: I was watching um a video by um, it was satisfy myself by uh, Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. I think the new uh, music video that they just put out, maybe not too long. Not, it's
0: crazy to put out videos for him and he's deceased. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it was
1: recent, but it's a re- it's, it's a new video. It's put out for the song. Mm-hmm. It's okay. a new video, and just like in the video, they were like doing. I don't want to say rituals, but just, um, just different practices in my spirit, and. He was just the character, the main character. He was just going through life, but he was also using marijuana to cope, not cope, but you know, to do the things that you do in Ross and being Ross in the religion. So I think it was, it was cool to see it in that way. I think um, recreational, I think as always, is social media mm-hmm. is definitely like you. It's not that I don't want to see it, it's just always there. So just choosing of which, uh, like, you know, even though it's still an influence, but I feel like there is one that may influence you more than the other. So definitely um, there's not anybody in particular, but um, just, you know, with the recent deaths of people dying because of drugs, I definitely think that's influenced me not to do stuff, you know. But, mm-hmm. seeing the impact it has and definitely just the amounts of it you know because that, that does play a part in just how much you consume how much you consume, and also what influenced me not to do is also the age that the people are, are passing away mm-hmm. you know most of the artists that are you know doing these drugs and passing away are very young you know maybe the same age as me or maybe just a couple years older than me so just putting that perspective and just like man like you know that could be me Or that could be somebody that I know or, you know, somebody close to me. So definitely that's influenced me not to or to do it. Okay.
0: So for me, the social trends that um, have had an influence on my view of religious drug use have been um, in the conscious community. You know, there are oftentimes a lot of people choose to use homeopathic options as opposed to Western medicine. You know, and some people consider those herbs to be drugs, you know, and I actually tried to train my mind to um, reach for homeopathic options when it comes to drugs first, as opposed to reaching for some Aleve or some, you know, NyQuil or whatever it is. I try to train my mind, you know, and train our household basically to utilize herbs, you know, first. And so I would say the conscious community has definitely had an influence on my um approach to or my view on religious you know drug use because some of those herbs that were being used in homeopathic ways were for different types of things that have to do with prayer you know somebody might go into prayer and before they do it they burn sage or you know before they do it they are reciting something while they're burning a particular you know Herb in the air, or they may have ingested it. You know, sometimes, you know, you have even within the Islamic faith, you have Sufis who may drink a particular water that has been had water with ink that had a prayer written on it and the ink dissolved in it, you know, and so they believe ingesting it may have some impact on their lives, you know. So I've seen that before. And also, like you said, you know, with Rastas, you know, I've seen how, you know, they go into prayer and they may go into what's known as a Nyambingi in a different way after utilizing some type of homeopathic, you know, medicine to heal themselves. And I've seen them actually seem to come out healed. So that way, you know, I feel like all those ways were beneficial as far as recreational is concerned. Um. Social trends that have had an influence on me, um, my view of drug use recreationally, are billboards. It used to be, you know, a big thing where, you know, certain artists would go into advertising that they had just, you know, started a new liquor. And they got all these girls around them now because they got the liquor. So the ad would make you think that if you get the liquor, then you're gonna be able to have this amount of attention from the opposite sex, you know. Right. There aren't so many ads as much nowadays. I know a lot of stuff is digital, but it's still, you know, the same type of advertisement. And you got people, maybe they're coming out with a perfume or a cologne, but it's always something that um, leads to when you use this, you're gonna be drinking, and you're gonna be comfortable when you do this thing because that's a part of
1: the, the life. Of this could, yeah, a
0: comfortable life. This could lead to. So, those are some of my recreational ways.
1: Do you feel like it's fair for parents to impose their views on social trends as it relates to drug use on their young adults or other members of the household?
0: Yeah. So I mean, it's inevitable that what i learn and what i agree to be reality is going to have an impact on you know what i say to you you know what i mean mm-hmm. whether it's fair or not you know it's a, it's a thing where you have to just use your best judgment where you have to say you know I'm, I'm taking on the responsibility to raise this person and my first example is going to be the first example they have because i'm the first teacher you know as the right. mother so i have to be well informed before I share anything with you. You know, I can't just be teaching you this is the rule about a thing and I haven't done much research on it. So I think that if you're gonna impose your um, views as it relates to social trends, make sure that everything that you have um, decided is fact is actually something you fact-checked and it's something you did research for so that it can be fair you know, to them and they can actually make a decision that's based on real information as opposed to just opinion. And that goes for anybody else in the household. How
1: about you? I think is uh, it's fair to an extent. I definitely think, um, like you said, the parents are the first teachers. So if you are like very well every parent is different, but if you at least have a conversation about it and you, you know, say the pros and cons and or you just give really good facts about the the information or the drug that you know they're talking about, then I feel like the gay or the kids or the whoever's in the household can really make a decision for themselves to, you know, okay, th- is this something that I want to do more if this? You know, if I do this, this and this can really happen to me, or, you know, what can I do? But I feel like there's always a way about going about that, because sometimes when parents, you know, view their social traits is always coming from a place of, you know, a parent, mm. and it's just like, oh, you know, I don't want you to do this because I don't want you, you know, because you're my kid, and, you know, I'm saying no. You know, or you know, I mean, I don't know like you feel like they're trying to control them or they're trying to like protect them? I some some like I think some some parents they are trying to protect them, but it sometimes comes off as controlling mm-hmm. and saying like you can't do this, you can't do that and sometimes for the kid that's you know, they since you're saying that I can't do it, it's just like now I wanna drive because you know, I, I don't have the option to. Or we didn't have the open conversation about it. You're not giving baby freedom in this. Right, but I feel like if you, you know, like, I think something that's really helped me growing up is when, uh, when I was in high school, when I was going into high school and my mom sat me down and she showed me all the drinks that they were and how they taste and just the different levels of what can really, you know, get you drunk or just you know what is you know serious. we
0: didn't get drunk for the listeners yeah no wait
1: well what you you know what is what you're supposed to be drinking or what you're not you know and just for me i think that was really beneficial to me because you know going to parties and like that i know like how much of what is you know in here or what this tastes like and just different things so i definitely think presenting in a way that can be more visual is, is better too
0: And for our listeners, we are not advocating that we have underage drinking or anything like that. My son is talking about, you know, a time when in high school, when I knew he was going to be faced with, you know, people approaching him about alcohol or or marijuana or different drugs. And, you know, since we are the first teachers and I know, you know, what I've experienced as a young adult, I didn't have anyone, you know, to come to me and say, this is what's out there. This is what it's like, you know, and, um... Let's have a conversation about it because oftentimes people think if I, you know, introduce this thing to my child, then that means that I'm saying I'm okay with it. And that's not actually the case. The reality is, is if they learn for the first time out in the world and society, sometimes that's what ends up leading to abuse. You know, oftentimes when you know what you're up against, you know, this is something I'm not interested in having any part of. And because I know what it's going to do to my body, I also know what it's going to do to my relationships. And I know that I possibly have a history of alcoholism in my family. I mean, so I'm not going to partake. So we did go through an exercise, you know, where I did allow him, you know, to taste various forms of alcohol, you know, just as a a thing that we went through, you know, because I I didn't want to have my son be out at some party and somebody's telling him, oh, this is good and they've added some juice to something or, you know, something, whatever the thing is, and he's out there killing his liver, you know? And so luckily that exercise has led to, I don't have a young person that's partaking in alcohol, you know, or abusing himself in that way. Who knows what he's going to do in the future, you know what I mean? But the reality is, is, we addressed it before it became a problem. And he knows that he can come and talk to me about if he has a friend you know that's over over drinking or you know going too far with something he's concerned about him he has informed information on how he can have a conversation about that so that was the purpose is there any advice you would we've not touched on that relate to drug use either religious or recreational that you would like to offer to our listeners before we close out
1: um i would just say um always come when you have conversations definitely about drugs if it's religious or recreational always come with an open mind because it's definitely with the parent, a kid or kid to parent because you know your kid or your parent might be you know influenced or want to try something want to do something different so don't bash them for their ideas or saying like what you're saying is wrong and i don't want to talk about it anymore just try to understand and give your best feedback, and, you know. It's always good to, to be honest and be vulnerable about something because if you don't say how you feel, then, you know, the parent or kid would never know. So I definitely think if you're open about it, then it will create that conversation that, you know, well, since we already had this conversation, I know about anything about drugs or something like that, I can come to my parent about it. Or, you know, Guardian, since we already, you know, created that boundary or created that ground. So I definitely say, just keep an open mind and you know, just express yourself. What about you?
0: Yeah. So for me, this particular topic is always a sensitive one, you know. And we have a Muslim household. We're born, both of us born and raised Muslim, and there's usually not really an open conversation about drug use at all, in a religious manner or recreational, because drugs and alcohol in any form are considered to be haram, which is forbidden. But the reality is, is people forget that we are living in a society where these things are around us and are easily accessible. And you have plenty of Muslims, plenty of Christians, plenty of people that, you know, their religions might, you know, deem this thing to be forbidden, but they are not, not partaking in this thing. It's something they're engaging in very freely. And they are so uninformed because they've never had a, the ability to have a conversation about it with somebody who is trusting and somebody who, that they know will protect them. So you have a lot of people who are sneaking, you know, you have a lot of people who are using, um, like we talked about in another episode, self-medicating with drugs, and they're Muslims. And it's it's a real thing, and they don't know what to do when it comes to them, you know, overdosing or something like that, or they're having an issue that relates to that particular drug that they can't tell anybody about, so they haven't been able to go to the hospital or whatever it is that they need, you know, to get some healing because they are hiding. And so I don't think that's really good. I think it's good to recognize what society we live in or what society is, is, you know, advertising to us and know that we need to have the same conversations like any other family. And just because you're Muslim or, or Christian or whatever your faith practice is, you are not, you know, a person that should think you should not be having these conversations just because you have that faith practice in place. Just know that your children are going to be faced with all types of things and having conversations and taking action before you have a problem is what I think would be the best advice. And accept the reality that a faith practice is not going to keep your child from wanting to try something as it relates to drugs in a religious or recreational way. So do your best to make sure that you are open open-minded with conversation you can put your foot down if you decide that's not what you're gonna do in your household you know that's your decision but the reality is is you need to understand that when they leave your house they need to be um, well equipped with information support and they need to know that they can come back to you if they need to so this has been another episode of between us and y'all we hope that what we discussed has been beneficial this conversation about drug use as it relates to religious and recreational use is something very sensitive for us. We hope that you find it to be something beneficial and it's something that can help you if you haven't been able to have a conversation yet with your young adult or your young adult with a parent. We hope this has been you know, some examples of ways to open that conversation. We always recommend as we part to work hard, pray hard, love hard, and play hard. This is not
1: Thank you guys for being here. Thanks. Thank you for listening.
0: Thanks.